a key element of, of any accountant accountancy course is the notion of depreciation. So uh, property depreciates and um, and it's, it's it's true the world over. So so the interest of the landlord is to ensure that the property is as capitalized as and to maximize its value as much as is possible. And so and so it's a symbiotic relationship between the landlord and tenant uh, in the sense that we have enough time to to extract a return on capital. Right. And the landlord receives a, a you know a rental income, so it's it's kind of it's it's win win. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really exciting. We've got a really unique show for you today. Uh, Gabe and Luke Milling's father um, is a tremendously successful entrepreneur. And Gabe and Luke were uh, very, very successful in our program a number of years ago. And Gabe reached out and and, and thought that a, a podcast with his father would be fantastic. And it is. Um, uh, Bob Milling is a very, very successful entrepreneur, uh, got started in, in, in government, learned government, and then got involved in in power and developing all sorts of uh, wind farms across Ontario, across Ontario. I know one of them is, is, is really quite close to where we live, and I pass it all the time, and used that knowledge of government and long-term financing arrangements to actually redevelop a mill in Wakefield, the Wakefield Mill, and has d- developed just an incredible mill uh, experience. And we talk a, a bunch about what he's done and what what the business has done to create just an incredible experience for their customers, and how they've responded to COVID and the different types of strategies that they've used to really, really, you know, grow their customer experience and and really develop into you know, the experience economy. So I know you're going to love this podcast. I highly recommend it. And, um, you know, what we're interested in is amazing young leaders. So if you know any, if you, you know, know anyone, um, please share this podcast. You can send me an email, cthompson at studentworks.com. If you have any feedback on the show, or if you knew someone and you wanted to send me, uh, their information, or you could send them also to our website, studentworks.com. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic day. Well, Bob, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Really excited that you've joined us. Well, thank you very much, Chris. It's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, as you know, we were put together uh, or introduced, I guess, by, uh, by, by my two sons, Gabriel and Luke, both of whom are graduates of, of uh, your company's program. And uh, that was a big part of our life for quite a few years. Yeah, no, no. Well, it's, it really is awesome. And you are the first sort of, um, you know, parent of, of one of our operators to come join the program and, and a highly successful entrepreneur. And so we'll start there. How did you perceive the program and, and what did you see your, your sons, you know, getting out of the program and, and their, their personal development? Okay. Okay. Um, 
well, how did I perceive the program? It was, I, I, I'll never forget the phone call that Gabriel made from university. He said, Dad, what do you think? I'm going to you know, sign up for this thing. And yeah. I was tempted to say, well, you know, you start with the fuzzy end of the brush. That's where the paint gets applied. The hard part is what you hold in your hand. But of course, you know, I, I was I, I was supportive from the get go. Uh, at his age, I did something very similar. I come from a from a you know blue collar family. My father was a was a carpenter, and so um, throughout university for a couple of years, anyway, um, I, I did home improvement, uh, carpentry, roofing, uh, cement right. pouring, all that stuff. Um, so when uh, when I heard that uh, that that opportunity was being presented, I was surprised and, and pleased actually. So uh, so he did it, and then then my youngest, uh, of course, you know, he followed his older brother, and and uh, it was it was fun. It was a, it was a good experience. Yeah, no, that well, they were they were uh, top performers and really really uh, you know uh, like you said a whole number of years that they spelt, spent in the program. So. You know, one of the things that we always like to do is is think back to, you know, when we were teenagers, you know, when we were in university and what, what sort of frustrations did you have before you got started out in business? I don't know if I had a whole lot of frustrations. I, um, okay. you know, I was in business on this on this uh, home renovation side, I guess, from from the get go, uh, just me and a buddy. Okay. And I just, in fact, I just spoke with that same buddy today. He lives down in Toronto. Awesome. Uh, we made, we became lifelong friends. But um, I, I don't think, um, I, you know, it, it was, um, I guess back in those days, geez, um, I, my memories of uh, high interest rates were quite profound. I mean, I walked into a business world of 20% interest rates. Yeah. Um, so. That was, uh, you know, that, it was a big recession. I, I do remember leaving university into the a whopper of a recession. It was a big, tough one. So that was one recollection. I don't know if it's any more difficult today or any any really that much more different. I mean, the, the whole world of connectivity, that that whole social media thing is is radically different. But, yeah. but I, I don't know. I mean, people's values are... Um, well, actually, I mean, there's some changing and shifting in values, but I'm not I'm not sure that it, they change a lot when it comes to the entrepreneurial spirit. Yes, I think those values stay kind of uh, stay kind of solid, and 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 to that end, I'm I, I'm very very supportive, and will do whatever I can to support uh, entrepreneurs and the value proposition that that speaks to. Yeah, no, and and certainly our organization really um, is advantaged by that general feeling uh, of most Canadians. You know, wow, I really want to help that young person trying to build their their careers and 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 go out and and showing, like you showed, um, you know, that initiative. I'm going to go start this business, and this is hard work, and this is difficult, and and uh, no matter what, when we're striving forward, and and I think you're right. Like no matter what decade you get started in, it all seems really quite unclear, right? Because you know it's not so clear for you and I as well. Looking forward, you know, although we've been around on the planet a long time, it's still not really clear what's going to happen. What's going to happen to the real estate market or the markets or this or that? No one really knows. And obviously, we can look to history to sort of ga- gauge a little bit. But um, but talking about history, like so, 
So walk us through, you know, your early career path and, and the decisions and, and the types of decisions that you made. Because, you know, Bob, one thing that that you know our leaders are listening and sort of saying, hey, what sort of messages or what sort of decisions um that Bob made might they make, you know, and and it may, may may be interesting, but you know, how do I forge a type of really successful career like you have? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, my, my business career got uh, got interrupted in university or uh, when I graduated, I, um, I, I went back to my hometown of Stu Lookout. I spent a year up there in a, in a, working with first nations, uh, in mm-hmm. Aboriginal media. And my, I was quickly found myself drawn to my first love, which was politics. And so, okay. um, so an election came along, I got involved in the election. Uh, my candidate won. I get hired, and the next thing I know, I'm I've got an office that you can spot on a twenty dollar bill right behind the Peace Tower in the in the House of Commons, and and really that was uh, that began six years of a very interesting uh, and and I, I would say just almost invaluable learning curve where you know you get to understand the role of government, you get to appreciate the cut and thrust of decision making. You realize, you know, there's winners and losers, and it, it yeah. was a very, very, uh, very good learning experience. Wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world. Speak, I spoke very, I speak very highly of it. Of course, you learn, you know, on the street, but you know, media relations, crisis communications, marketing. You know, politics is essentially the marketing of ideas. You know, and so right, it's no different than marketing running shoes. Um, yes, um, you just have to, you know, the, so, so it, it it becomes a marketing effort, and and um, you know, not it was just day by day it changed, and and you thought it was important, and you're working for a civic good, and so that was um, that was a big piece of my career. I left in '91 after six years uh, on 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 Parliament Hill, and and uh, you know, went out on my own, and so I, you know, the first true foray into Entrepreneurship is, I guess, was in my case through consultancy. I ended up taking the, um, you know, that marketing knowledge and that government relations knowledge, and I, I applied it. I, I worked for three or four, actually more than that, maybe seven or eight uh, clients. Right. I, I became a, a consultant and and um, had some just some wonderful experiences, moving some very big files uh, at the time, and and. Um, and so did that for three years. And sorry, Bob, just just to slow down a little bit, like you know, one of the things I think government is really there's not a lot of really understanding, you know, you know, of of government and and sort of I think there's a real lack of value and understanding of how much value a government provides. You know, we really are a well governed nation, and there's there, you know, I, I think I think sometimes oh, gee, they're charging us a lot of tax. This must be a problem. Like so. How do you see government, and then and then what sort of ways did you provide value for those companies, you know, uh, in working with the government? Yeah, well, my view of government has, I, I must admit, has is, is gotten a little less um, optimistic over the course of time. Um, sure, they've gone in a bit more idealist, you know, with a, I was a bit more idealistic when I first got in there, but nonetheless, there's a, an awful lot of a lot of good that gets done, right? 
there is um, there's you know there's cronyism and there's there's uh, you know ideologies often gets in the way of maybe some some good programming and and I frankly you know the accountability piece I, I must admit is still at play at the political level not so much at the bureaucratic level so the accountability right. piece of course is you know you run the risk of losing your your, you know, your job your seat for you right. And, and that sort of thing. So to that end, I, I do appreciate the the nature of it. Um, and the second part was what, what, what? How did you how did you assist these these companies in working with the government or in consulting or? Well, you know, you're you're a little bit of a sherpa for them. You 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 do the translation, not not in a French English language, but you you translate, you know, their needs into you know you're the you you try to make their message uh, a message that's understandable right in my case i worked with a lot of groups that you know maybe it was a bit more elbows up um some of it was some maybe a bit more hardball politics okay so i identified pressure points and um, i applied pressure where i saw pressure points and and it was um you know it was a bit more um a bit more of a football game than uh than a polite game frankly okay okay uh, so in, in some, of, some of the circumstances because that was the nature of what i was what i what i what i did it was not that common but but um it's used sometimes okay okay and then what, what where did where did that lead you Bob? well i um i was it led me circuitously to um I get all my ideas at like three and four or five in the morning. And so one particular morning I, I woke up and uh, out of the blue, just started typing, which is a bit unusual. Um, computers were fairly new at the time. And right. I, I filled out a four page business plan idea concept. And I was at the time sharing offices with an environmental consulting firm. I brought it into them. And, and so what do you think? And um, they said, well, look, you know, if you can expand on it for five more pages, I'll send it to somebody we know in Toronto. And I, I did that, and Toronto phoned up and said, "Well, if you can expand on it for ten more pages, we'll send it to New York." And um, so I did that. It was a business plan, and so by the time it made it to New York, I, you know, it was it was more fulsome, and um, and uh, the next thing I knew, a, a Learjet was landing in the city, and I was um, I had a, a lawyer and a CEO in tow, and and they they made me the president of the Canadian company, which which was a renewable energy development company. Right, and that was a major career change at the time, and 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 uh, so I was I became a wind farm developer essentially, and photovoltaics developer, and this was in the days before it was fashionable or profitable. Right, I underscore right. profitable. <laughs> yeah, underscore profitable. Right. So, so we were, you know, I I, I was a three year um, wonderful development program where I was trained in the states uh, to become a developer. And because uh, I told them straight up, you know, I was not. Um, and it's an interesting lesson. I said, you know, I'm not a I'm not a developer by trade, even though I've given you a development program. And, you know, the, the CEO said, it's OK. You understand politics and energy is politics. So. Right. That, we're looking for that kind. We'll, we'll train you to become a developer. That's uh, that's what we do. Right. So it's an interesting Example of a company looking for a set of skills and just applying a you know a, a training program with that and and that's exactly what they did. I I had the privilege of of um, 
traveling through the United States in, in a variety of places and a, a real a, a group of talented people each taught me different parts of the development process, which which ended up coming full circle. The, the company ran into financial difficulties in the States. I got a phone call that said, um, you know, we're going to have to sell all your all your all your efforts. Um, and um, thanks for everything. But we're running out of money. And, and, and okay. uh, so it was a. <laughs> It was uh, it was unfortunate, um, but the development process is not. Uh, it's a high risk game. Yes. So when America gets in trouble, when, when America catches a cold, Canadians catch pneumonia. <laughs> so the saying goes. <laughs> so basically, you found yourself out of a gig. Well, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 there was one fundamental rule. There was a number of fundamental rules, I guess, in development. Um, one of them is to never bid. And another one is to appreciate the nature of long-term contracts and ca- long-term mm-hmm. cash flow. And, and, um, and so in the power, in the power business, you know, we tried not to bid. Um, we tried to, we tried to determine the nature of the deal so that we came in and we determined how much, how big, how long. Right, and, and, and when you can do that, you can, you know, you can, you can survive. Right. Um, if you're going into a, a competitive bidding process where it's uh, uh, lowest price past the post, it's a no much thanks. more, a much more dangerous game. Yeah. And so, in the context of uh, of the final, final, at least the current chapter of my life, which is a which is a hotel resort, which is where I'm, where, where I'm sitting in right now. I started that at age 38. And that was a fairly big project. It was a it was a four million dollar exercise, and I was an unemployed guy, so it was a bit of a stretch to get from unemployment to, you know, bidding out sixty thousand feet of, of commercial real estate. But I did it on the strength of a the second fundamental lesson of cash flow, and that was that was a long term um, in in the inner in the energy business. It would be a long term power purchase agreement that would right. that would the the contract that you would finance a deal on in the commercial real estate that I'm involved in, I negotiated a 60 year uh, real estate uh, lease, and on the strength of that, I was able to finance um, the development of a hotel resort that uh, that I, I run. It's now our 20th operating year uh, this year. So it was, it was it took four years to build and, and design and finance, and then right. Or twenty years into operations, and so how, how does a how does a, an arrangement work like that? You know, uh, I've always thought about those long term leases. So I guess I guess you don't have to worry about it for an, for another number of decades, which means it's likely not something you will be worrying about. But what happens at the end of these types of leases? Do they get renegotiated, or how how does it how does it play out typically, Bob? Yeah, they're almost they're almost always renegotiated unless uh, you know unless it's a unique uh, unless it's a piece of property that might be um, might be better suited to a different kind of development. But okay. here we're here. There's no debate. We're located in a in a federal park. Uh, it's a single use property. It will pretty much always be what it is. There's no I can't even comprehend of a of, a, of an alternative use. Right. So it's. Um, it's just it's just going to roll over, um, you know. A key element of of any accountant 
accountancy course is the notion of depreciation. So uh, property depreciates, and um, and it's 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 true the world over. So so the interest of the landlord is to ensure that the property is as capitalized as and to maximize its value as much as is possible. And so and so it's a symbiotic relationship between the landlord and tenant uh, in the sense that. We have enough time to to extract the return on capital, and right. the landlord receives a, a you know a rental income. So it's it's kind of it's it's win win. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and so what for our for our leaders listening? So the Wakefield Mill Hotel and Spa. Why don't you describe? Uh, obviously, if people are on their uh, phones or, or close to a computer, they can they can go over and take a look at the the website. But why don't you describe what it is in case people are driving or unable to do that? Yeah. So Wakefield Mill. It's um, it's a, it's a hotel resort. Um, we're on twenty acres. We're located in the Gatineau Park, uh, just twenty minutes north of Ottawa, in the village of Wakefield. We basically uh, are are sitting on uh, one, two, three, four heritage sites all all together. Uh, the biggest one being the mill itself, which was a uh, originally built in 1838. There's four properties like this in Canada where where uh, heritage infrastructure was converted into into hotel, restaurants, conference, uh, spa related right. properties um we're the only one in quebec um so this site here is um the mill dominates uh you know a, a 28 foot waterfalls there's a manor like the owner's mansion uh, which is a very high ranked uh, heritage property um it overlooks the site very very beautiful right um and that's used as, as office space and meeting space and some apartment space uh we've got a, a the miller's house was built in 1840 um, it's, it's, uh, it's hotel suites as well. And then out of a strange quirk of fate, uh, Lester Pearson, the former prime minister of Canada is buried just on the site in, in, in the back, um, oh, wow. sort of Pearson airport fame and yep. Canada's flag fame and that Medicare fame. So he was, he's buried on site. And so it's, it's a, um, a lot of people come to visit every year. It's, it's, uh, almost a pilgrimage for an awful lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic, uh, and and so you know if if you think about that business, what what would have been you know the strengths of 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 why that's been you know so so successful for so long, Bob? Um, that's interesting. I, I I guess the number one strength is the uniqueness of the property. So there's ten thousand right. hotel rooms, uh, you know, in the city of Ottawa, and I you know, often ask our team, well, why would people come and visit our forty two? Right. Um, and you know, and and I think it's fair to say that our 42 are among the most distinctive, the rooms themselves. I mean, they're nice rooms. There's a lot of beautiful hotel rooms around, but, but the setting and the environment and, you know, the whole, the whole feeling of the experience is, um, is absolutely unique. So to that end, you know, it, it's been, it's been a success. Uh, the, 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 the combined, I call it the three legs of the stool for the experience, the, Food and beverage, the, the fine dining. We've got you know, a, nice, a nice, nice dining room, a very, very good uh, bar offering, uh, more casual food, and then then the the wellness component uh, mixed in with the hotel and uh, and the corporate meetings component makes for a great synergy. So um, so to that end, it works. 
um, the village, the park. We're on the, you know, the French English. We're almost on a tectonic plate that's almost perfectly located. Right. Uh, um, and so we're very lucky. I mean, we're only, you know, 20 with the four lane highway. Now we're 20 minutes from downtown Ottawa. So it's, it's just easy to get to. I mean, it's, it's, we're very, very, very lucky. Um, and, and those, those unique features are really coming to play now with, I mean, COVID has been a disaster for the, you know, for the travel and hospitality industry. And, and, uh, and, you know, we're, we're no exception, I guess, except we are an exception because, yeah. you know, last summer we had to shut down in the spring and, and, and we discovered very, very quickly we were more full than we'd ever been. And uh, we'd realized, we've now realized that people are, are looking for you know staycations closer to home. They're looking for, right. They're looking for, and it's not just properties like ours, but ours is 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 very very well positioned within that you know within that diaspora. So so we're doing well. Our, our corporate market uh, has slowed down. That's a it's a meetings and retreats market. But really, whenever like we can, the phones are ringing. So I got a I got a funny feeling that once people get a bit more comfortable, it's actually going to be double what it once was because people want to connect businesses want to connect i think the most important thing in in, in a successful business is a successful culture and, yes and, um, you know culture eats strategy for breakfast yeah uh, i believe and 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 um in fact when i look back at our our the, the customers our guests who've been here who are corporate customers I look back at some of the most successful ones that have grown. There's one company in particular that first started coming here with 15 employees and they now have 800 and wow. it's a strong, steady growth. And, and, and they bring every single new hire comes here for a three day, you know, intensive meet with the CEO. And, and it's just, it's, it's quite, it's palpable to see the power of, of culture building. You know, and I, I see that with a number of companies, but there's one in particular that stands out and, and is, um, and so that, that's probably my, my favorite, you know, if I look back on things, you know, I, I guess I do appreciate what we bring to the party, we, the yeah. hotel, and we bring a facility, a canvas, a stage, call it what you will, yeah. um, that allows companies to, to build a culture. And, um, the successful ones, boy, do they thrive when the culture is strong. <laughs> you know, no kidding. It's a it's a powerful thing. You know, it's, it it totally is, and and I know I know with with COVID, uh, it certainly shocked a lot of, of of businesses. It shocked us, and 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 then we we pivoted and we made a lot of changes to really really thrive. And and I know you did as well. And I know in our previous conversation, we talked about some of those really unique things that you did. And, and, and again, I know our leaders would love to hear about some of those things that, that you've been able to sort of capitalize on and really, again, build your, build your, build your brand, build your hotel, et cetera. Yeah. Well, you know, we early on just took the attitude, don't let a good pandemic go to waste. So, um, <laughs> So really, like from the day after we closed, we, uh, we unfortunately, we had to lay off 95 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was a very small little skeleton crew. And, and we started, we started small and we just started to ask ourselves what, you know, what is the, what is the new experience going to look like? And um, one thing led to another. And so the, so 
we're we're at uh, we're now at three major collaborative pieces that are almost within two years from now. Whether it's going to be it's going to be gigantic. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the the first one happened uh, a month after we closed, which was the um, which was a, a collaborative effort with with an art gallery that was looking for walls, and we were looking for arts. And together, we 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 came together, and um, we're now putting together. And the experience has been fantastic at its most elemental level. You know, some people buy art, some people just look at art, and and it, it's you know. Every wall, I'm well. In fact, well, yeah, right behind me. There's right behind you. It's yeah. a beautiful piece. Yes, yeah. Behind me, and and in front of me, you can't see it, but I'm staring at about eighty stunningly beautiful pieces by as many artists. And and you know, this used to be a meeting room, and it it will be a meeting room once meetings continue. But when I look at it right now, it's it's inspirational just because of the uh, just because of the creativity that's surrounding. And so, so our, our guests like it experientially. Some purchase, some just like the look. That's fine. Uh, right. We're going to be changing or adding to the experience in terms of um, uh, sketching tours, giving uh, art lessons, uh, moving into landscape art. There's a few that are further down the road, but we'll, we'll see where they go. But it's a beautiful, beautiful place. That was the biggest, biggest single pivot. Um, at the outset, the second one is a spa pivot, a wellness pivot, and and we're working with. Um, we've signed an agreement and, and are working and have been working with, uh, I guess Canada's leading spa proprietor Donna Holtam is her name, and she's she's a former president of leading spas of Canada. And, okay. And, and uh, so her brand and you know her approach is being worked on now, and so that's that's to be um uh you know more to announce shortly but right that, that's a that's a fairly big piece um and the third one i can't really name right now but it's it's going to involve um experiential retail um, okay so we're, we've got some space identified and by september there will be a retail uh component that i think is going to be very interesting and so so there's that we've and finally, I guess what we we you know we we spent a fair bit of resources and time um, you know upgrading and retrofitting furniture rooms etc. Just to just to, to lift because we had the time yeah and uh, and and on the on landscaping as well. So two works in progress. The landscaping piece I think is going to allow us to have a, a lot more events outside in a really nice environment. So. That's about seventy percent finished. The snow has just melted. We we can't wait to finish that job. So in the next two or three months, there's just going to be that much more uh, mulching and planting, gardening, that sort of thing. And I know as well from uh, from pictures I seen saw is is that you've you've built enclosed um, uh, areas for for dining outside as well to extend your dining season. You know, and unique unique environment. And so, you know, uh, you know, and again, for our leaders, we don't need to sort of dig into it, but these are all, um, you know, win-win opportunities with really amazing partners where, you know, there's just a w- financial opportunity, obviously an opportunity for clients to 
to win by again, you know, having having better services or buying products or buying things. So so it's really really great, and I just love the the biggest the biggest difference. I think people who have done really well in the pandemic is just like you said, it's immediately how do you see it? You know, let's ne- let's not waste this pandemic. You know, how is this happening for us? What can we do to to sort of, what can, what can we see that others aren't seeing? And clearly, that's what you've done, um, Bob. Yeah, yeah, the the, the world. Um, boy, the youth of today, like what's going on right now is, it's so historic. Uh, it's, it's, it's just the most exciting time to be in business. I think ever. And and unfortunately there, there will be winners and most certainly losers. Yes. And my heart goes out to lots of folks. Boy, it's been, it's been, it has been tough. Uh, Yes. There's no doubt about it. We're in the eye of the hurricane. We're a bit lucky. But uh, the changes coming out of this are just uh, breathtaking. I, I, um, I, I can't wait to see what two, three, four, or five years from now looks like. It's the, the speed of change is something I've never seen before. No, it, yeah, it's in it. It it one hundred it one hundred percent has gone faster and faster and faster throughout our lifetime, and will only continue. You know, just you know, so much of it is obviously based on the technological changes, and and just you know, that's that's the base. So, you know, one thing that we always do is we talk about great things that are happening, but we also love to talk about failures and, and setbacks and, and what you took from those, um, you know, just because, again, being an entrepreneur and a leader, we don't just get good days. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so maybe you could share that with our leaders, Bob. Well, you know, every failure is the best teacher. And, um, you know, the one thing I love about business is that it's, uh, it's fundamentally you know, it, it promotes honesty. Um, not everybody, yeah. I'm not saying everybody is honest, but accountability brings upon it's, you know, it, it forces one to be honest with oneself Yes. or else one can get in trouble. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I had an experience about three years ago where I, um, you know, to pardon the phrase, you know, bought into my own bullshit. I, you know, I, I, I had a, sounded like a good idea was approached, yeah. um, these are how, how all these things start and really wasn't honest enough with myself about company limitations, my personal limitations, the actual strength of the business case in, in, you know, on its own surface and ended up, uh, you know, ended up losing a lot of money. And, right. uh, and, and fortunately I, you know, I, was, I shut it down before the hemorrhaging continued too much more, but, but these things can happen. They can happen quickly in a, in, in my own wheelhouse, which I should have known better. It was in the hotel. I, I, I did know better, but I, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, wasn't critical enough. And, um, sometimes you get a bit too optimistic or, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs I find, chase the um we're, we're great uh we're, we're ravens looking for that shiny piece of tinfoil to put in the nest for sure and you know some people get to be you know your deal junkies is a is not uncommon among yeah. entrepreneurs there's a there's a, a there can be a voracious appetite for the next deal because that's the driver and and so i was fortunate in that every deal i did was on site because it's a pretty big site and but on this one occasion i went off site and um you know 
fooled myself, willingly fooled myself that if I did this, I could use the same corporate structure and no, no, no. And I made a few assumptions. I assumed that, you know, a percentage of my hotel guests from here would, 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 would flock to the new one just because it was the new one. Right. And as it turns out, as it turned out, less than, less than 5% of what I'd expected to flock, flocked, you know, they flocked. They, yeah. they, they didn't flock. They stayed, no. they stayed where they liked, they liked the product and they, they chose not to, to move. And that was a bit of a, that was a, an eye opener. Yeah. Um, you know, I probably could have done more survey work, I suppose. And, and so, so it was, um, so that, yeah, lessons in, um, there's a lot of lessons in failure. I guess being honest with yourself would be something that I would caution every, every young entrepreneur, I would say, do the, uh, you know, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage, do the business plan. Don't buy it off of Google, do it the hard yeah. way, you know, ask all the, ask the questions I was taught by, you know, when I was in America, learning how to be a developer, one guy said to me, Bob, never forget the most, the four most important words in the English language. And I said, what are those? He said, I need your help. So never, ever, ever be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. You know, every it's in it's it's in our nature to to help folks. Yeah. But if you ask for help, and this is there's a, there's a real caveat here. If if you ask someone for help, um, you got a business plan, you got something going for you got to listen. I mean, yeah. You, you kind of you got to be respectful about that. You, if it's a gratuitous request for help, um, you can make no mistake. You're not going to get it a second time from that individual. Uh, for sure. You know, so, so ask for it, but be respectful of what you're going to get. Um, I, I, you know, I think those of us in the positions that we're in, you know, we do defer to, 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 to being positive. We do. Yeah. It's not, or you wouldn't, or you wouldn't do it right. Like entre, you know, you, 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 you know, pessimistic, depressed entrepreneurs usually, you know, like, you know, oh yeah, let's go after this big, big shiny thing that usually don't connect. Right. So it's, 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 you know, taming the, the creative part of us and knowing when to say not. And, and, and this is a story of many entrepreneurs. I have, I have stories exactly alignment with, with, with you, Bob, and many of my entrepreneurial friends and understanding, Hey, when is it, when is it no? And when can we cut, you know, or what, what could we do to test it? you know, before it's too big an investment and, um, you know, and, and, and really recognizing that there just are really, really big risks when you take these, uh, the, you know, the types of investments that it, that it is in being a successful entrepreneur at times. Yeah. So, um, and, and certainly the other thing is certainly I, I really, really, when you have a model that's winning, gosh, is it ever great? You know, so, so, you know, like I think sometimes as well, oh, this is winning. Well, then I could, oh, for sure, make something else go, you know, and I know I, I quite often will hear entrepreneurs say, oh, you know, I'd like a handful of businesses running, you know, it's like, I don't know, that seems pretty tough, you know, based on my experience, you know, uh, getting, getting more models up. So, and of course some people can't, so. No, it's, it's true. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's complicated. I mean, it, it's, um, when, 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 when. The only way to make money is to do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, and so it takes a while to get to that place um, where you get you, you get your margins working for you and you get your repeat business and all of that. It takes a, you got to be patient. Um, yeah. It's, it takes a, it's a 20 year overnight success story. It's quite right <laughs> off in the face. You know? uh, Absolutely. Rarely, rarely do things happen that 
quickly in business. So patience is, uh, you know, that, that, that patience and passion piece. You got to be passionate about what you're doing, but at the same time, you've got to be patient enough to, uh, you know, it doesn't happen overnight and, and yeah. people can get, fr- especially when you're younger. You yeah. Know? Um, so in some businesses, I happen to be in one where you can get instant gratification, but typically that involves spending money. Right. Um, you know, if I build a new such and such, <laughs> there's gratification there, but you got to pay for it. Yeah, so, no, for uh, sure. It's not, uh, got to be careful in that line of work. And so as you went from, you know, uh, you know, if you think back to, to university, uh, you know, and uh, to, to being a business owner or a value creator in the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Bob? I guess I had to harness creativity in a disciplined way okay. um, would be the, geez, I mean, that's kind of sounds like a mouthful. Um, I, you know, there's a business discipline. I had to, re- I had to, I guess I had to realize what I wasn't good at. That'd be one thing. Yeah, for um, sure. So fortunately my business, and actually that's a, that's a big thing. I, I, um, I was quite, uh, intent on having a business that was big enough that, uh, it allowed me to stay away from the things I'm not that good at or things that I yeah. really don't like. And, and, and right. uh, so I was fortunate to be big enough for that to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know things I had to change. Um, geez, you know, I just had to button down and be, um, I had to ask for what I needed and not what I wanted. Uh, okay. was, um, you know, you've got to take water with your wine, a few more metaphors getting mixed up in here, but, but, um, you, you know, you've got to be prepared to accept, I find, you know, I, I've got to do 20 things 80% well right. uh, versus two things perfectly. Yes. You know, so you've got to take, you know, you take a lot of um, you, you compromise. There's an awful lot more compromises than you might think is good for you. Mm-hmm. I, I find myself compromising a fair bit. And and some people, eh, they, they kind of wonder about that. And, and I wonder about it too sometimes. But, but I... I um, I find that I have to compromise sometimes on a time frame or, right. you know, can you compromise a little bit on a little bit on this, a little bit on that? Because as long as I, I, I guess I found that if I was going forward, the fact that I took two steps to the left and occasionally a step backwards, as long as I was, eh, you know, the next step was at least forward. If I Moving was it forward. Going yeah. towards something. Yeah. It was better than, you know, not, not, not getting perfection. Right. So it's, it's that it's, it's, it's sort of that we, you know, perfectionism can really stand in the way of us as leaders, you know, and, and that I really want it this way. And I recognize, you know, with maturity or with anything, it's just, I, I just can't always get it exactly what I want. Well, you know, maybe. And, and, yeah. And, and perfection, you know, ends up being a cop out for a lot of folks too. I mean, that's, for sure. that's the, you know, well, it wasn't, he couldn't do it, you know, and it's, it becomes, it becomes a crutch. Perfectionism yeah. is a crutch for a lot of people. So, you know, I, I just, um, you know, there's people who are, you know, you got to define the difference between people who are busy and people who get shit done. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, um, and that's a, you know, that, that's a, um, there's some lessons in life there, um, where you just have to, um, and it's hard, 
it's a hard one to define, you know, um, to get shit done. Um, For sure. But people who are busy trying to make it perfect often don't get shit done. And, and yeah. so it's, um, entrepreneurs have to be aware of that. For sure. And so what about, what about habits? Any, any key habits that, that, that you've developed that people should want to steal from you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm the best person to go for that, but, um, I mean, I, um, you know, I, 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 I go to sleep early. Um, I wake up early, but I'm not sure if that's a habit or just my, my rhythm. Um, right. I, I do find that, um, uh, solo time works for me. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I find, uh, I, 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 I set aside a fair bit of time where I'm not, I'm not in, in anybody's, uh, presence. And so right. I find that works for me. Mm-hmm. My headspace is three to six months out. My responsibility is three to six months out. So I, um, I do take the time to, 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 to be there. And, uh, so I, I, I take a fair bit of time looking at, at financials that are a long ways out. Right. Um, I do believe in, 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 uh, in personal health and, and wellness. So, you know, time out to, 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 to exercise or to, to be in, you know, I, 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 I get off campus a fair bit. Right. Um, you know, I, I fish and hunt and, 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 and go into the wilderness is my, my place. So, um, I find that's good for, for me. You know, th- there is a, there's a lot, an awful lot riding. In fact, it, it almost all rides on the entrepreneur in, in, in most small and medium sized businesses. So, the uh, the individual who's who's sitting in that seat has to be has to you got to take care of yourself and and yeah. uh, and that that demands um, you know you got to be careful with, with with your habits whether they be drinking habits or uh, just bad habits um, you know bad yeah. habits you got to watch that bad habits yeah no yeah no no it's it's it really is uh, you know you are driving the ship uh, and 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 how you perform day to day is one of the most important parts of. Uh, how, how, how the business goes. So, yeah. 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 So, so my final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Bob? Well, the leader of tomorrow is going to be collaborative. I think the leader of tomorrow will be flexible. I think the leader of tomorrow will have, you know, will have principles. We'll be doing the right thing for the community, but not being judgy. They, they will, the leader of tomorrow will really be capable of embracing change and adaptability, I think is going to be the, uh, the, the I, I just can't get over this pace of change and yeah. the, the depth uh, by which it is, it is changing. Um, the, the, it's changing the, you know, the, both the human condition, but it's changing all of the rules of uh of everything, uh, you know, of, of governance, of finance, of, of yeah. it's, it's just, um, it's big. And, and so people who are capable of, of riding that bull and, uh, doing so with, um, with a, a, a calm, honest demeanor will, will, uh, will, will thrive, I think in the, in the new environment. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're so right. You know, um, in, in that 
the 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 change and and um making you know calculated choice and understanding what's where we're we're heading and and that's something obviously that you've done and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast was was really you know um I think so often uh we're hearing about again fine dining and 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 you know hotels and tourism that are that are really really being negatively impacted and saying well hold on no actually uh, or yes, and and the whole industry, and there's there's a way into the future, and there's again unique entrepreneurs, you know, uh, making uh, making different decisions that are really making a difference to serve their clientele and serve the community. So really exciting what you've done, Bob. Well, the experience economy. I mean, you know, people are looking for, you know, the experience economy is real, and um, you know, we're we're very lucky in that regard. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. It's really, no, it is. <laughs> it really, it really is. I, oh. I just would urge folks to get vaccinated. My God, we got to get normal. Uh, we, mm. we've got to, uh, if we do not get normalized, this is going to cost us. Uh, we've got to get to a uh, herd immunity here. You know, it's my little commercial for uh, <laughs> take, taking this. You know, taking this seriously. I don't think people are going to be able to ride on the on the coattails of uh, this. We got to get a big chunk of folks vaccinated, and we got to put this. We got to put this thing to bed because while it's exciting, make no mistake, the amount of money that is getting expended here is breathtaking and yes this is where it's not all the change in front of us is not all sunshine and roses there there's an awful lot of there's some serious money at 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 risk and um and uh we got to get we got to put this thing behind us yeah. No, th- no thinking from where you started, you know, government, you know, the the enormous government debt's going up to support this country as we go through this pandemic and 100% we got to get on the other side so we can start paying that debt that off. And uh so so yes, uh pro vaccine um <laughs> here on the on the leaders of tomorrow and uh so absolutely. <laughs> so Bob, thank you very very much uh for for joining us on our show. Well, thanks, Chris. It was a real pleasure. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, take take care, and I look forward to meeting you in person and having a beer or a glass of wine. I'm sure that will happen. So take care. <laughs> Cheers. Bye bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.